Hello, my name is Michael Wynn. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast and video series where we talk about digital marketing strategies and tactics to help grow your business. Very excited today to have as a guest on the show, Naira Perez from Spring Hill Digital from Spain, all the way back to the US of A based in Portland, Oregon. Naira, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Very excited to be here. So, um, Naira, you and I were talking um, before we got on air. We were talking about your background in TV advertising and and how you really saw a, a shift in the opportunity for brands to gain additional exposure and visibility uh, through digital. Uh, your your experience uh, working in an agency, and then ultimately deciding to start your own firm. Uh, in starting Spring Hill Digital and really focusing in heavily on paid media only. And I think that, um, you know, as as the listeners of the show that, you know, typically are, you know, digital marketing or marketing uh, people that are in-house in their, in their own brand or maybe they're owners of their own business and they're trying to do their own marketing or they may be, uh, you know, staff within a digital agency as well. And they're just really trying to hone their craft. And I think today's topic and what we're going to talk about today are um, what are the must haves in digital marketing for 2020? And what are some of the mistakes to avoid? Because um, there are some things that, that we've been doing as digital marketers, maybe over the last couple of years, that the effectiveness is really starting to decline in terms of engagement and effectiveness. And so um, let's talk about what do you think is really the difference uh, in paid media as we kind of uh, are, are right into the, the beginning of 2020 here? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So the, the difference now versus a long time ago or the past is the fact that it used to be something that it was not a crowded space and it's gotten more and more crowded as more brands get on board, as the news feed are getting crowded, there is more activity. So pay media is having to fight with organic in that sense. So uh, what we have to do now is plan even more for paid media. What are we going to tell our audiences and who those audiences are? So audiences are getting way more experience in what it means to be in social media. It is a free medium, and therefore their data is valuable. So whenever we are wanting to actually talk to them and get them interested in our brands, we have to create a trust that mm. um, starts with giving them something. So planning what we're going to give and planning what we're going to do with their information afterwards it's a must-have moving forward. It has been for a long time, but now it's really important because the competition in the newsfeed is increasing exponentially. Yeah, you know, another thing that comes to my mind uh, in 2020 that's that's going to be different than what we've had uh, really in the last three years is we are in a political season and, uh, you know, political candidates are going to throw a ton of money at social and digital uh, really because of what Barack Obama did in you know, his campaign, as well as what Trump did during his campaign. 
Um, and so, you know, the competition uh, and I think some of the, the rates are going to, you know, we're going to really see uh, some changes. So I would agree that the feeds are tighter, are going to be tighter than ever. Um, and, and, you know, things are going to be different. So let's talk about, let's take a dive into what is not going to work anymore or what is going to be less effective in 2020, uh, in your opinion, in your opinion, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's going to be less effective is ads that do not stand out, ads that don't give anything, but just ask. So presenting a brand is not enough anymore. You have to interact with your audience. You mm-hmm. have to give them something. So it used to be that you put your name up in social media, uh, paid to expand your message, and you had so much traffic that just by the sheer m- amount of traffic, you will have somebody that will convert. Now, that's not happening because people are not clicking on ads that are not interesting. The perfect example for, for um, this will be Instagram. Instagram is a very visual um, channel. So if your ad looks like an ad and not something interesting to the audience, they're just going to pass it. They're not going to do anything. Have you ever seen somebody going through their feed? It's just super fast. So it has to be something that catches their attention, maintains their attention, and then makes them curious enough to go through and get off the platform sometimes. And sometimes they will remain in the platform. That's, that's the good thing about Instagram and Facebook. They're making it easier for brands to stay within the platform and still have those interactions and and have uh, people interested in their in their content. Yeah, you know, I think when when you describe those um, you know characteristics, I, I think that you know what what we're really talking about is having you know the difference between a quality quality content and poor quality content. What are some examples of poor quality ads um, that have have been successful in the past, but aren't going to be as successful in 2020. Yeah, poor quality will be, um, as an example, the pictures is where you need to start because the pictures take 70% of your ad. So if you have a picture that blends in, that it's very white, because the news feeds are normally white, very white, gray, that it uses the same colors as the platform itself, mm. then it's just going to get passed. Um, so also, if you're talking to the audience in a language that is not theirs, and by this I don't mean English versus <laughs> Spanish versus French. What I'm meaning is, if I'm talking as an example in LinkedIn, I'm talking to engineers and I'm getting them interested in my product, I can use very technical terms that that is fine. But if I'm talking to a product manager or a marketing person, um, then I have to use terms that they will understand and they will use to talk to each other. So um, I can not talk over the audience or under the audience. I need to talk to them directly in their language. So those are basically two that um, make a difference. And then poor offers. If you're offering something that nobody wants, that's an ad that is not going to get clicked. That's just it. I, I think it's it's self-explanatory, but but you will be surprised how many people just put something up just to see how it works, and that's not a good test. If you didn't if you didn't research what your audience is interested in, 
then the test is going to fail. It's just destined to fail and you're going to write off a channel that potentially could work for you. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, I think you, you hit it right on the head. I, I definitely think that, you know, a, uh, ads that are, you know, really too vague, you know, that, that really don't speak directly to what it is that you're trying to communicate, you know, really poor messaging and, you know, the wrong tone, uh, that, that doesn't really um, match the audience's, you know, um, cares and concerns and, you know, speaks to their fears or frustrations or desires uh, and how they relate to the products or service that that brand offers uh, is huge. And I love the point about, um, you know, content or creative that uses the same color scheme as the brand platform, like the gray of LinkedIn or the white and blue of Facebook uh, and how it just kind of is, is vanilla, you know, very just, you know, kind of just is like white noise, you know, just easily to, to look over. And I don't think it's, it's not about shock value as much as it is just, you know, genuine, um, thoughtful and intentional visuals and, and ad creative. I love that. Um, you know, one of the things that I feel like is a, is a misconception, um, or that is, is not really understood is, you know, to some degree, the value of what your cost per click is, I believe that's more, it's becoming more relative now than just, okay, well, I got $6 CPM and, and we did great, you know, um, well, yeah, you got $6 CPM, but you reached a whole bunch of people that are completely irrelevant to your brand. Exactly, exactly. The quality of the click matters more than ever before. So different platforms will have different averages cost per click. So in Facebook, you can get cost per clicks that are, I've gotten, I still get below dollars, like cents, like eight cents cost per click. Um, so, but whenever you look at a platform like LinkedIn, where the average may be more six to nine dollars, I've had clients that have fourteen dollars a click and they're very happy. Why? Because their audiences are were targeting the right audience. So the the smaller the audience, your cost per thousand impressions, your CPM, are normally gonna be bigger. But when that person clicks, the nurturing is so much easier. The quality of lead is so much better then your cost per acquisition at the end when they buy your product is much lower. So you start a little bit higher and then have an easier transition. And just quality community building. Once a person has been introduced to your brand and they like what they're seeing, it's relevant to them, they will talk to other people about it. So don't think about it just as one person. Think about the effect that one person will have. Mm -hmm. If you reach them the right way, then there's a positive experience and they will be more likely to actually share that experience with others. Naira, you said a really key word there that I want to dive into. I think um, you said the word nurturing. And I think that that is something that needs to be expounded upon because I feel like, you know, many brands, um, you know, here, here's, here's a situation we're in right now in 2020, we are, I believe, in a, in a situation where we have a generational change that's occurring in leadership. And what I mean by that is you have businesses who have, you know, boomers 
who have been the decision makers in advertising. And now you have, you know, Gen X coming up uh, and, and are, are leaving senior management positions and, and entering into the C-suite um, level of, of, of the decision making and, and the, you know, hierarchy of companies. And what I'm excited about that is there, there's a fundamental difference between, you know, the marketing sort of knowledge base of, you know, boomers who are, you know, let's say in their early 60s, mid 60s, who are looking to retire. You know, it's not their fault that, you know, they literally grew up in a madman world. And what I mean by that, and I know you probably can relate to this coming from your television background is in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even up to the early 2000s, when when you put a piece of advertising out, the next thing that I did as part of my decision tree was I saw your, your commercial or I got your postcard or I saw your ad in the newspaper or I saw your ad in the magazine. And my next step was... I had to go through this decision process, this consideration process. And so I would go next door to my neighbor and ask them, you know, like, let's say I got a, a, a postcard about a roof and I would say, hey, who did your roof and did you like them? And then maybe I would go to my church group and, you know, over the weekend and I would ask them, hey, has anyone had their roof done? Is there anyone that, you know, um, can tell me about their roofing experience? And then we would collect our information in a very real world environment. And that's how we made decisions. But something happened in early 2000 that completely changed that process. And I feel like that is so overlooked. And you can't ask an ad to move from this awareness of, oh, my gosh, I didn't know there was, you know, acne roofing in my area to I'm going to call acne roofing and, and have them come to my my roof. I'm going to go through this process in the middle, which is that nurturing, um, you know, process or, or nurturing area where you have the opportunity to cultivate the relationship and talk to them about <clears throat> before we purchase anything, we are we are so afraid that we're going to pay too much. We're going to be unhappy with what we bought or that, you know, we, we um, you know, are just we're 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 so worried. And look what Amazon has done to address that. I mean, look at reviews on Amazon. The fact that it's there and on that platform just speaks to. So what's changed now is yes, you can still do TV advertising and yes, you can run billboards and yes, you can run digital ads, but you're not going to skip from the ad to the conversion. There has to be considerable thought to the middle part of the stage, which is so important, right? And I love what you said off air, and I'm going to just go ahead and throw it out there, is, you know, having that nurturing plan, making sure that you have content that really speaks to, you know, those, those concerns about how people are thinking about your products and services. Um, and the way that you activate that is through that, that gated content, like you said, being able to allow them to kind of enter into, you know, an email marketing, um, you know, series of things. But but the process can't be to try to sell them. It has to be part of the, the nurturing. It has to be an acknowledgement of, a, OK, I know that you know that we're in this space now, 
But we also know that these are the questions that you have about whether or not you're going to get your roof done is, am I going to pay too much? Is it, is it going to be the right product? Am I going to be happy with it? Am I going to make a $10,000 mistake? And, and addressing those through educational points, um, I think is, is huge. So I'm a huge fan of that. Um, yep. What, let me ask you this. What do you think brands are most afraid of in 2020 when it comes to digital marketing ads? Well, um, I think whenever clients come to us, uh, they're afraid of those comments on their ads, mm. uh, opening that conversation. And, you know, whenever you open a conversation, you're going to have both sides of the story. There are people that are going to be very happy, very on board with what you stand for, what you're selling, what your brand is. And there are people that are going to find mistakes. They're going to find things that they don't like. So um, I think opening that conversation, it's good. It's always good for many reasons. One, you're building that community and you inadvertently are nurturing some of the audience within your ad because there are questions that are being asked publicly that you have the chance to answer. The conversation is going to happen whether you're there or not. You might as well be there. So one is the community and other is just the technical part of an ad. Social platforms love engagement. The more engagement, the better. They, they find that your ad is interesting to the audience that you are targeting. So uh, your ad will may, may have preferential treatment when getting into auction. They may just get much better CPM because Facebook or LinkedIn assume that because of the audience interaction, that's an interesting ad. So those are the two things. One is very technical and the other one is goes to the core of who we are and what we want to talk about. Again, conversation is happening. Whether you're there or not, you better be there. And ads, I have clients that have built communities, entire communities, just with their paid ads, um, where they were really involved at the beginning. They were controlling the conversation. And then now the community itself just manages that conversation. So if somebody comes out with something that is not appropriate or something, the community itself shuts them down. So... Um, in that sense, it's, it's a great way to open that conversation and also see and listen to your audience. You need to show that you're listening to your audience and actually listen to them. Mm -hmm. And what are their worries? What are their pain points that we need to address in our nurturing? So everything is related. Yeah, I love that, uh, Naira. I, I think you're you're so spot on. Brands are, are just nearly paralyzed with fear of lack of control of their brand when someone asks a negative or less than favorable comment. Um, and I think, you know, having a plan is, is something that's really critical. If you're going to place uh, digital ads, or let me rephrase that, when you, when you place digital ads in 2020, before ad number one gets launched, I think sitting down with your team and asking, what are the questions that we've seen before on our website? What are some of the questions that we get from phone calls? You know, almost like think of your FAQ that you've had for years and years and years and map out if all the questions were ever to be asked and have a plan and have that ready to go so that, you know, 
no different than a lawyer would would would, would uh, prepare for you know uh, cross examination you know in the courtroom. Your brand needs to be prepared for that because, like you said, those conversations about your brand are taking place in, on your ad or not on your ad. And when you can create a place where you can guide the conversation, cultivate the conversation. Um, the, the viral factor, I think, is another thing that many brands don't understand is you paid for that ad to be placed in the feed of the original commenter. What you didn't pay for was the X value or the amplification when one of their friends sees that Michael Wynn comment on such and such ad and then they go to it and they make a comment. You're actually not you're not paying for that because it wasn't an impression that was calculated in their feed. They came to it. And so that really drives down your cost, um, you know, acquisition costs significantly. So literally creating ads for the purpose of generating comments is a great strategy. I, I think um, in and of itself is a great way to, like you said, you know, identify to the platform, hey, we've got engaging ad content that people want, that they're demonstrating by their likes, their shares, and their comments. And, and you are going to get preferential treatment because your account has a higher quality score than your competitor who's getting zero comments because they're using boring colors, that you're not standing out, their definitions are too vague, um, you know, and they're doing all the tactics from 2017. Yep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I guess if there's anything uh, left, uh, you know, uh, we've, we've really done a, a great job and I'm glad to have you uh, on the show today. But if there is one thing, what is an absolute must have in 2020 for your digital ad uh, campaigns? So in 2020, especially in 2020, because it's going to be so crowded, um, you need to have a plan and you need to have content. So a plan for those comments, a plan for how we're going to nurture the leads that we're going to get, and a plan of who we're targeting and how we're talking to them. So content will fit in, but your content has to be interesting. And that's something that people used to get away with, not having interesting content. But now um, audiences are going to ask first, what is in it for me before they click on an ad? They know. They know that they're valuable to the brand that is advertising. So have good pieces of content that you can then promote. I love it. Naira, thank you so much. Guys, my name is Michael Wynn. I am the Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Thanks for tuning into the digital marketing video and podcast series where we talk about digital marketing strategies and tactics to help grow your business. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you guys next week. See you later. Bye, Naira. Bye.